You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Halloween movie that isn't new have you watched? <laughs> well, we watched Nightmare Before Christmas last oh. night. Also not a new one. We watched uh, Cabin in the Woods. Boom, 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 When's the last time you've seen that film? Uh, last year, I think I saw it last yeah. year. Yeah, it's make one it of those movies. Like, not, it's not that I make it tradition. I just happen to have seen it every year. Oh, because I saw that in the theater. I did like, too. The night, it, in fact, I think we had preview passes. I remember. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, I would have loved to see that. We saw it at like one of the North Park theaters, like before they closed those down. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that uh, with my mom, and I was all into it because, you know, I'm a big fan of animation. And I uh, found out later, like, she wasn't a big fan of it. Really? Yeah, and then watching it again, I, I mean, I can kind of see because it's a film where 50% of it is about Christmas, uh-huh. and there's no Jesus. There's no reason for the season, Joe. Well, there's Jesus. And, uh, well, is there? You gotta have Jesus. Uh- <laughs> Make it through that movie. <laughs> that boy need Jesus. Boy, you better have some Jesus. So yeah, I watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Watched Cabin in the Woods again. Cool. Um, oh, and in video game news, finally beat Link's Awakening. Did you? Made it I all the way through. started it yet. Because I'm too busy working my way through fucking Ocarina of Time. As well you should. Yeah. Yes. Do them in order. Actually, doing them in order would be. <laughs> that would be tough though. Do them in order of release, or do them in what's supposed to be the chronological? Oh Jesus! Order? Yeah, the, the machete do you, order. Do you even know what the actual order yes. is of those? Uh, the first one is Skyward. So- well, see, you're going to lose me in all the 3DS ones because I haven't played any well, of those. Well, because and there's the, like ten the of them. Timeline breaks off too. Like, exactly. Depending like three on timelines. depending on what were to happen during Ocarina of Time. Like if Link gets defeated, mm-hmm. there's like the dark timeline. If Link beats Ganon, that's the light timeline. If Link beats Ganon as a kid, and the thing is you can't do any of these things in the game. No. Like you have to defeat Ganon as an adult, right? Well, I mean Or you can could... you do it as a child? Uh no. I think what it is is you beat him and then you go back oh, as a child at the gotcha. end of the game. Oh spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> it's like that's a thirty year old from. game. I think I'm okay. Yeah, man, you've yeah. been texting me. You've been uh, making your way been through it. Making my slowly. way through it. Yeah, I've just finished the show today. I had a two-hour voice session at Funimation. Oh yeah, doing some work on One Piece. Uh, I don't know what that is. The the anime One Piece. No, you don't know what that is. No, it sounds like a big deal. It, huh? It's kind of a big deal. Nice, man. Congrats um, for getting casted. Yeah, I know. Right, bro. I have to look it up now. Uh, so yeah, You're googling I had, that. In the I had break. a session on that, and while I was waiting to get into the studio. Decided to play a little bit more, uh, chipped away at it, and finished the Shadow Temple. Woohoo! Beat Bongo Bongo or whatever. Oh, I love Bongo Bongo. That was a good boss battle. I heard yeah. from people are like, "Oh, that one's a bitch. You're gonna hate that one." No, it's like I actually kind of liked Just it. Figure I got, out the I got hit once. Yeah, but like it was it was cool. They're like, "No, it's the hardest boss fight in the game." None of the bosses are really that difficult. Not I, I really. recall, and the same thing. The with... Stealthos are more difficult than any of the right. bosses. Just that the I've random so far. things that you uh, encounter throughout yeah. the land. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a very big land. No. I mean, well, okay. I mean, for Nintendo's for nineteen ninety eight standards, yeah, six, eight, mm-hmm. eight. I'm gonna go with eight. Look, this is the three DS remake, though. Oh, right. What this? <laughs> it's the same game. Whatever. <laughs> There's some differences, some slight differences. There's some visual differences. It's uh, some it's quality of life issues. It's fun. 
It's no. a fun game. It's yeah, the best far, Zelda game. It is not my favorite Zelda game. Uh, it's not the Fair Zelda enough. game that I I need. <laughs> when you just... <laughs> it's not the Zelda game I deserve. There it's the one go. I need right now. There you go. Uh, we all need a little Zelda in our lives. It's it's good though. It's a good game. It's yes. pretty solid. Which is weird because it hit in the middle of a very awkward time for. It was like the awkward tween stage for video games. Like, oh right, that, the head the 3D quite grown graphics up. and stuff like. 3D graphics just did not look good. The polygons and stuff yeah. were just like, oh, this is ugly. Like Mario 64. It's an ugly game, but I'll tell you it's what. blocky. Unlike a lot of PlayStation titles that were also hitting at this they time. They were fucking unplayable. The, the thing is, Nintendo still had a great grasp on control and like quality of play of the game. And that's what Zelda has going for it. Ocarina oh, yeah. of Time has. Uh, Mario 64 has that going still for it. still play that today. If you were to play, I don't know if you ever played the game Conker's Bad Fur Day. I have, yes. That fucking game is great. Yes. But it also has just a very satisfying and intuitive control scheme. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you play those old PlayStation games, it's like, dude, dude, I have no idea which way is fucking up. The first Tomb Raider, it's kind of a, a miracle that they even made sequels to that because it's so that game is almost unplayable in yeah. my eyes. Oh, absolutely they, unplayable. It, it had like a, a, a heroine that you could control uh-huh. who happened to be a little uh, blessed in the bust area. Well, she wasn't blessed. She was programmed that she way. Was, <laughs> I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm just programmed this that way. My polygons. Yeah, they were. They she didn't talk blocks. like that. I don't know why I'm talking like that. She didn't talk like that. Polygons is how she would pronounce polygons. it. Polygons. I'm Laura Croft. <laughs> Diagonally. <laughs> Aluminum. Mm. Aluminium. That's what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> Sounds Did you watch any movies, Joe? Uh, any Halloween movies or otherwise? Let me see. What did I, did I watch anything? I have not. No. <laughs> okay. No, I did. I, you know, it's like I got to think about it. I know. I do too. I've I've given up on going to like the movies right now because I just I can't get out. Yeah. So I download a lot of the stuff that I watch. I've been downloading a lot of like older movies, kind of catching up mm. uh, on some old stuff. But what's an older no, movie? I just downloaded uh, the uh, the Eddie Murphy Dolmite movie. Oh yeah, that I want to see the Netflix one. Uh, I downloaded the. Um, <laughs> I like that. I'm just openly like this is what I've pirated. <laughs> this lately. is what I'm not paying for that. currently. I'm still hoping that like Jay and Silent Bob reboot hits that. Yeah, because I don't want to. You don't want to pay for it. Don't, but you want to see it? Look, I don't want to pay the Fathom movie events price. <laughs> Fucking eighteen bucks a person to go yeah, see that. That's ridiculous. No, thank you. Um, no, so, thank you. So no, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. Uh, we had a. Pretty eventful week. Well, you came to see the show, dude. I tell you what, I saw like an awesome show in the, in the way of, uh, so of Werewolf of London. No, are you kidding? We had a good. T- well, first of all, Pocket Sandwich Theater is all a good time, man. You want a way to just ramp up into the Halloween season? You're looking for something to do on Halloween Day? Looking for it, but you don't want to be home because trick or treaters will come by your house and yeah. nonstop and harass you for candy. Mm-hmm. So that's what the missus and I like to do. We like to leave the house so that uh, we don't have to deal with any of that. You're looking for something to do for a good two, three hour block. Uh-huh. Man, what a perfect way to spend Halloween, seeing Werewolf of London as performed by Pocket Sandwich Theater, directed well, you. by yours truly. Well, I, Daniel Baugh directed it. I Whatever. was the assistant, assistant director. director. Uh, and uh, and you get to see the video footage that Joel put together <laughs> at the beginning of the, <laughs> the show. The stock footage that I'm I bought. I'm so glad the projector worked the night that you came. Oh, had it not the, been the working? Night that, the night that Sarah and I went I to see the show, out of there. the projector didn't work. Oh, no. So, like, you hear it, but you can't see it. Like, the whole thing was like, people were like, oh, so whoever was sitting in this one seat accidentally unplugged the projector oh no i was like well we should probably move, move that power move, cord move the plugs isn't <laughs> where, uh, where is the where is the power dl hughley, hughley? In, involved in david hm lambert there you go that's you that got guy. to see him you got to hear his work <laughs> yes. what, did, what did you think I, I think he's worth every penny i, I, I think like he's that. the best in the business 
I think uh, his reputation precedes him. I like him. that you turned to me, you leaned over, and you were like, is he doing that now? Or <laughs> did he pre-record that? And I was like, hey, man. That's, that's produced. If he's as dedicated as they say, he should be there. Who's they? Performing. Who's they? Apparently, his, uh, his, his reputation precedes him. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> glad that you guys came out. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yes. That's for what was out. your favorite part? Uh, the wolf. No, <laughs> that's such a fucking cop-out answer. Although I will say, I was not expecting the makeup and the costume to be as good. It's good. Like, that's top of it the wasn't, line. It wasn't that good when I did it six years ago. Yeah? The guy who it's played really come the wolf. Come a long way. Uh, and in fact, the guy who played the wolf, we saw him at the store uh, before I got here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. The, the guy who played him six years ago. Not oh, the guy who not this way. I was like, yeah. um, really weird. So, yeah. Uh, for, Sh- Shannon, who was on the show uh, yes, last week. Yes, she was week. fantastic. Yeah, she sure was. Couldn't wait for her to get eaten. <laughs> That's dirty. No, I no, I don't That's mean weird. that. I mean that in a uh, her yeah. character was as annoying as it was meant to be. <laughs> as annoying as she was. As delicious. She was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Um so I went to Sarah's high school reunion. Oh, yes, you've she been talking her, about she this. Had her 20 for a while. reunion. So that was my Friday night. We went to <laughs> yes. the school for the homecoming football game. It was a weekend thing, huh? And they did a uh, they did like barbecue and we walked through the uh, walked through the schools. Uh, the hall walk through the halls of a high school, <laughs> but the thing is, it wasn't the school she went to. It's where the school moved to in the past, like well, that 10, doesn't 15 even years. count. Like, what right? are you? What memories are you reminiscing about there? So, like, they walked us through the halls, and I was like, "But she didn't even go but, here." Yeah. Where was your classroom, Sarah? <laughs> so, uh, so we had barbecue, and then went. and They had like a little like carnival going on downstairs with like a little petting zoo for the kids. Aww, and a little face painting. Harper got a, a unicorn. Wait, this is all part of the twenty year reunion. This is part of the twenty year reunion. Ah, this is night one of the of the twenty year reunion. <laughs> the weekend. So then the next night out. we went to the uh, went to the dinner that they had at Mesomaya. Mm. I guess we had to pay like fifty bucks a head, something like that, That's to, to go to Mesomaya. And uh, they they had reserved. It was the Mesomaya downtown. Oh, not like the one that's right close to you. Next to El Phoenix. Obviously, why would it be? be why would one? it be the one that's right close to us? So it was like in this private area, this uh, this room upstairs, and they had tables set out, mm-hmm. and like everything was there was tables. They were dressed. They had silverware and napkins and stuff. So you would think, Joel, that maybe like you're spending the first half hour visiting with each other, For sure, and then around then they would probably announce like, "Hey, dinner we're time. going to serve dinner. Yep. If you want to sit down, Have a seat. blah blah blah, or we'll set up the buffet table." No. They didn't do that at all. There was a bar, uh-huh. and so you were able to get drinks. It wasn't an open bar, so you were able to get some drinks. And like they had nachos and guac and like salsa what? and queso like set up. And then like every once in a while, some dude would walk around with like some hors d'oeuvres, like an hors d'oeuvre, like some kind of a a steak or or shrimp or. That's little, where your fifty dollars a head was going. <laughs> Not even a drink. Did you get like drink tickets nope, or something? No, nope, you get no free? drink tickets. What the had hell? To buy your drinks, man. Uh, so, there's some embezzlement going on there in that student body. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Who's about. the class president? I'm thinking impeach him. If it's she had about thirty people there, mm-hmm. fifty bucks a head. That's fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't think fifteen hundred is going to get you a whole lot at Mesomaya, as far as like catering and stuff, or like a private room. I guess I would think that I it would get you a basic like burrito station yeah. or something. Yeah, right? yeah, that should be heavy hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, and at, it at wasn't. It was like every few minutes you would catch a guy. <laughs> And he'd be walking around with a plate, and MT. then you wouldn't see anybody forever. Like, and yeah, exactly. Like they kept going the same path every time. So those first like ten to, people <laughs> yes. would get everything, and then like nothing else would show up. Wow, uh, it's bush league. So after that, uh, they were like, "Hey, you know, they're they're closing it down here at ten thirty. We're going to happiest hour." Oh, I've have been you, there. Have you ever been? Yes. 
I can't stand it. No, it's all pretentious douchebags, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, and I felt bad because, like, right off the bat, reactionary. Sarah was like, hey, so um, they're talking about going to, uh, w- would you be opposed to going to, to Happiest Hour? Would you like to go to Happiest Hour after we finish this? And I went, no. And then I stopped myself and I was like, you know what, this is your night. For you, anything. This is your night. Let's do it. That's let's, good husbanding. Let's go to Happiest Hour. Meanwhile, the pocket... Halloween party was going on. Oh, where you really want to be. And well, not that that I wanted to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there. My cast was there. It was being thrown by one of my cast members. Oh, no. So I'd like to go and, and you know support. I know they're gonna be taking like some cast photos, crew photos. Yeah. I'd like to actually at be least there. be able to take it. Yes. You Your know assistant directed this. So uh so I managed to get there finally at like one forty five. Oh no, really? The party was in still it was in full swing. Was man. it really? Yeah, like, Damn, I'm in bed so by one forty five. Sarah and I were driving home. And I was like, hey, how about we jump in? We, we stopped by the party. And uh, and she had texted her mom back and forth. And I guess her mom was like, look, I'm ready for you guys to get back. Uh-huh. So I drove Sarah home, uh, dropped her off, okay. and then went to this party. Uh, and it was cool. Like, it, like Again, they were still in full swing. They had gummy bears soaked in vodka. Hell yeah. That was pretty fun. Uh, some jello shots. The theater folks. The, the problem you know was, a party, I know, right? Mm-hmm. The problem was I hadn't quite... in. I hadn't indulged in stuff like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. So when I Gummy finally worms. left, like I walked out the door, I wasn't quite right to drive. Oh, no. So I basically sat in the car for like a good half good hour. For you. Listening to podcasts and stuff. Adult. Waiting until I felt clear enough to, to drive home. Hell but yeah. you're right. You know what? Nobody throws a party quite like a theater group. That's right. And Just like. Nobody appreciates <laughs> a movie like the Rocky Horror Picture Show Ooh. like theater folk. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio <laughs> Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other, with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, uh, maybe watching live right now on Hey-oh. Facebook or catching the episode uh, after the fact, uh, pre-recorded. On your podcasting app, no matter what the case, uh, you know we will come here talk about a movie uh, and uh, and see what what's what what worked, what didn't, tear it apart, and uh, see if we can put it back together a little bit better than it used to be. Uh, and we are still in the midst of the Halloween season. Yep, here we are. This and, is it. Yeah, man. Days away from Halloween. Your pick, the final one before we get to the the big day. It was my pick, and this one's been on the list for years now, almost uh, since we began this. And um, I, I knew I always wanted to do it because. I don't think we're going to be at a loss for things to say about it. I think a lot of people have heard. Everyone has heard it, and yeah. or heard of it, and most people know it from it the time warp. Like that's too. the only way Jenna knew anything about it. Was She's the heard time this warp? on the time warp. Well, especially around this time of year, it if, wasn't uh, the, the sweet transvestite. Then he, eh, I don't think she's written that one because that one doesn't show up on Halloween playlists. Transsexual. Transylvania. Ow! So you can accidentally hear Time Warp, but uh, that was the extent of her knowledge, and I think a lot of people's knowledge about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Um, what's What's your history with it? Well, well talk I was about uh, a theater kid, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was... It was one of my classmates, her name was Charlotte Purser, still a good friend of mine, um, living in New York now, making films and stuff, mm. so talented. My problem with Charlotte, <laughs> throughout high school, I was so jealous of how talented she was. Like, she was legitimately an actress. Oh, yeah? Like, she was so fucking good. Like, she understood her method and her process and, and herself so much better. Like, she had this uncanny maturity that nobody else quite had at that time. Hmm. And uh, and she used that to inform 
how she would perform roles and the work that she did. She was so good. But we were at a cast party for like one of our shows and she introduced us to like the song, the time warp. Mm-hmm. And she's like, here you go, guys, you got to do this, this thing. And she taught us all the steps or whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is goofy. This is fun. Everybody's doing it. So I guess I'm having a good time. And it, it wasn't until I think like a couple weeks after that, where I finally figured out that was from some movie mm-hmm. called the Rocky horror picture show. And so we, like, as a group, we rented it and watched it. And I was so unimpressed. <laughs> yes. I was so, like, I was so... So set the scene, you're in somebody's home in some, watching okay, it with so a group of people. We're in somebody's home. Yeah. Uh, that is not how this movie been, should we be had been We had been partying, like, as much as high school kids party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, n- not, not like 18-year-old high school kids. Like, like 14-year-old. 16, 17-year-old. Yeah. We're that age where we still can't quite get around as much as we want to. Yeah. So we were just having like a nerdy theater kid, you know, party, and it was me laying on a couch, and we had, um, I think it was my friend Blair was on the other end of the couch, and me and my girlfriend Laura at the time, mm-hmm. we were laying the other way, and we there were a bunch of people that were kind of like gathered around on on the floor and stuff, and we threw this movie in, and there's a picture. Someone took a photo. <laughs> oh no. Of us watching this movie, Blair is full on asleep. I think my girlfriend's passed out, and my eyes are like three quarters of the way shut. Yes, and like no one seems to be. I mean, there's like two or three people. Maybe they're smiling and uh-huh. like look like they're into it, but everybody else was just like stone faced. It is not a good film to watch alone or even in a small group setting like that. It it has to be in front front of like a live audience. There is a, and the thing is, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say right now, Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's not for me. I feel like because there was never a time mm-hmm. in all the years since then till now, there was never a time where I watched it and was like, you know what? I get, I get it, it now. now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I th- I'm really loving it. There this was no, I art. never had that. So that makes me think because there is a army of people who fucking love this. Yes. Not only do they love the oh, yeah. movie, they they they're they're well versed in the original play. Mm-hmm. They're well versed in the play when it came from England to the United States. Mm-hmm. They're well versed in like all the changes that were made from the stage to the screen. All the deleted and these scenes. people that do the the shadow casting. Yeah. So they'll perform it while it's being played up on a I get like there are different aspects of this. This is this is Star Wars for like people who prefer cats over Star Wars, like yes. the show cats. Yeah. Like they prefer <laughs> that over Star. Like at least that's that's my really pedestrian way of putting it. Like I was just reading what a friend of the show Walt said, and he was like, you know, the movie is not the point. Even people who love this movie know it's a shitty movie by any standard. Yes, until home video ruined it. The whole point was being weird with your weird friends at midnight, shouting just the right responses at a shitty movie whose only redeeming quality was Tim Curry being a motherfucking boss. Dude. Now, I will give him this. Wow. The greatest thing in this movie... What it did right. ...was Tim Curry. Absolutely. And the the fact that the history of the show, the director wanted somebody else in the actual stage production. Mm-hmm. They were looking for someone more like the build of Rocky... Right. ...to be Frankenfurter. And then he said, they said Tim Curry came in and auditioned, and immediately they were like, no, this is you. This is your part. That's awesome. And he does. He nails the shit He'll out of this role. Forever own it, yeah. I, even though I don't like it, I can recognize that. And that was like his film debut, too. Like That was right out of the gates. Yeah. Now, 
The, the, oh. <laughs> Here's where we go. Oh, I can't it, wait. It Joe. bothers me because this movie opens up with that uh, sci-fi double feature song. Yeah, the lips talking. Where it, and, and there's like three things going on there. Like it's one person singing it. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who plays Riff Raff yes. is actually singing the song. Mm-hmm. I think it's the woman who plays... Um, um, not Magenta. Yeah, uh, Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, her it's lips. her lips. That's right. And then, like, the actual lips that are the cover of the movie like some, are some model. Some Playboy model, so yeah. It's, it's like three different people have created that iconic image for this film. But that song that, like, basically describes all the tropes of, like, a sci-fi, a cheap sci-fi double feature. Yeah, from the 30s and 40s. And then what we get in this movie, like, we get some of that tropey stuff in the first five minutes. And then it just kind of abandons it. Here's my thing, and it's the same thing that it's the same problem I think I had with while we were making the Variance web series mm-hmm. was that I feel like something if it's funny, it's funny, and that you can you can direct it towards everybody. I didn't believe that the Variance, which we're coming up on, uh, no, we've we've passed the ten year anniversary, nice of the Variance, wow. like that show's fucking ten years old, uh, so. I and one of the things I used to get in arguments with the other creators about was like this show doesn't need to have a specific sexual identity. Like if you were to look it up right uh, now yes. on YouTube, if you look it up, it says gay funny comic web what? series. Really? And like look, I am very proud That's weird. that we we showcased two main characters that were gay. I and I thought it was great and the fact that they were two completely different kinds of personalities to show people that like look Gay people, straight, it doesn't fucking matter. Nerds are nerds, and people are people, and we all have these weird idiosyncrasies. It doesn't matter who we want to fuck. It's just, these. this is who we are. Good message. And I feel like you can be funny telling that story. You can be funny showcasing those characters mm-hmm. without hammering somebody over the head with it in the descriptions of the show. And, and sure. like, punching someone in the face with it, with, like, you know, in, in moments in the script. That's also 2009. This movie came out in 1975. We're coming up on 45 years. Yeah. So this is really, when you, when you look it's at it under that lens. It's groundbreaking at that time. Exactly. I, under, I get that. Unfortunately, I can't come at it from the point of view of someone living in 1975. Right. I can only come at it with my eyes, and what my eyes and my ears are telling me, it's like, I get it. I get it. Cool. Like, yeah. I, I mean, what, I, I don't know, like, what... you. I feel like this movie has so many times, at least for me, and I feel like I'm going to be qualifying stuff a lot with, All right. for me, in my opinion. <laughs> You're very on the defense in this I, episode. No, I don't think I'm on the defense. I yeah. think I'm just, I'm trying very hard... Not to offend. No, I get because it. I feel like it puts you in a position where you're going to hurt some feelings. Listen, I think even the defenders of this film, like you said earlier, totally recognize it is not a good film. Uh, it, there are great things about it. Mm-hmm. One might one might say there are some great songs in it. There are some also not great songs. I don't in like. It. I don't like the songs at at all. There's there's a handful that are actually that are you know we talked about time warp. Whether or not you like that song, it's at least catchy. And uh, there's there, there's a hook to that that uh, that brings you back, Joe. One might say. Um, there's the light over at the no Frankenstein place. I kind of like that I one. Say. Every now and then, uh, there's the one that um, uh, they sing about poor Eddie. Uh huh. Eddie wasn't meat meatloaf. Yeah, not the one that he sings. <laughs> no, it's it's the, the one that is sung about the, him. The requiem, yeah, exactly. of meatloaf. Um, but yeah, you're right. Not all great. It's. So I wonder why they picked Denton. 
I know. Because so from too. what I understand, they didn't film it there. No, it's not even Denton, Texas, it's right? Denton, Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 but it's one of the things that people really jump on, especially around here. That it's like it's Denton. Dude, the first time I saw it, I was living in Denton. Yeah, and so I see that and I'm like, whoa. Is that why this is so big here? Is uh-huh. this filmed here? I didn't I had no context. Didn't realize how big it was everywhere. Uh, and the first time I saw it was at a midnight screening. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, it was at the Granada Theater. I want to say I remember the Granada. Uh, yeah, when they used to do those midnight screenings. And uh, hello, Mara. I had never seen it before, but there hello, was a, a group of people there doing all of the talkback stuff. If you've never seen this in theaters or with a group of people who know, there's almost like um. It's kind of an informal script. Yeah. Uh, and it, depending on what audience you see it with, you, some people go off script, but there are definitely some uh, one-liners that you know, you're never, encouraged to I say before. I never saw the movie Shadowcast. Like, I've yeah. never, I've never well, seen it with Shadowcast. So there's two different kinds. There's, like, the Shadowcast where they actually perform it in costume along with. Uh-huh. And then there's the audience participation. Patricia. Patricia. Superman. Keaton? Patricia. <laughs> the audience. Superman. <laughs> Why didn't you shave me? Uh, Jenna had me doing that the other day, dude. She it's really that. funny consider when you consider like that's Mrs. Incredible. That's, that, that's right. That yeah, he's killed. Oh no! Superman <laughs> fails to save Helen Parr. Oh wow! Oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> you didn't think about that. No. There's a connection now to the Incredibles and Superman. Oh, that's so sad. All right, so you were saying what was I saying? Audience I don't participation. Know, the audience participation part of it, uh, where you've you've heard this, right? You've seen this, where like they the audience yells lines, and then the characters on screen will respond to them. And, and you throw spoons. They're funny, yeah. And some rice and it's cards. The, it's the room. There's all sorts. That was, that's of, the room oh, that, you throw that the was the spoons. Dude, there are so many props too that are involved in like a live production of this. Uh-huh. There's the rice that you just throw. There's a little noisemakers. Wow. Uh, cards. Uh huh. Cards for pain. Susan Sarandon, man, has always been gorgeous. She has always been gorgeous. She, she's uh, she not half bad looking in this film. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'm not a huge fan of her now. You're not? No. Oh, well, dude. You get... Her personality what you, uh, what... gets in the way her of personality. her physicality. Okay. I got <laughs> sorry. you. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were spending so much she's personal abrasive. time no, I'm with just Susan saying, Sarandon. Uh, Susan Sarandon. She sounds like uh, like she's the person at the party that would like be the Debbie Downer yeah. and break everything down. Be like, hey, oh. how about these hamburgers? Oh, yeah, if you believe in if you're killing, like, cows, you're killing cows. If you don't mind murder. You know, she almost died murder. doing this movie. I did hear that, yeah. yeah. Well, caught, hypothermia, well, right? Pneumonia. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, her and Barry Bostwick both caught pneumonia. <laughs> oh, no. Because they were filming, like, the studio they were in only had one room that had heat, and it wasn't the room with <laughs> the fucking unheated pool that they were filming yes. and doing, like, dance sequences and stuff where she's wearing nothing but, like, lingerie for yeah. for two weeks. So, yeah, she came down with pretty bad pneumonia. Man, the things we do for our art, huh? I, art. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, there is some artistry going on. There's, it's a, bro, this movie's a mess. <laughs> yes, it's, it's not a mess. great. And you know I'm what? I'm not going to defend it. I could see where this works as kind of a stage production. Absolutely. I can see where that works. It, it's almost like you and I talking about Wolf. And talking about the director. Yes, it's just like, like that. look, man, he's he doesn't he, he obviously shouldn't be directing a film. He he's, should be on he's stage. better with better with filming actor better with working with actors for a stage setting. Mm. This movie obviously needs to be on an off Broadway off off off, off, off Broadway yeah. stage. Uh, where it's it's really avant garde mm-hmm. and like that's and that's kind of my problem with it too, is that like it gets so wrapped up in how how different it is, and like, oh, we're gonna be so weird and so different. Look what we're doing. Oh, I've yeah, created a Frankenstein monster, but he's wearing gold lame shorts yeah, and celebrating counterculture at the he's time. Gourd- and that's, but you also have to entertain. You should th- I was just gonna say that does not give you a green light to make a boring film. And yeah, there are stretches of this it, movie it is, that it's just, 
boring. Lag. For a musical, a, a mu- and I would almost say a musical comedy. For yeah. a musical comedy, this movie moves at such a slow fucking pace. I'll tell you what's more telling about it is when you are exposed to it in that uh, live audience setting and everyone is saying the lines back to the theater. And the first half hour is, if you get a good audience, mm-hmm. it's fucking hilarious. Because yeah. they're yelling things to the screen and the characters are talking back and it, it, it makes it funny. It gives it momentum. And then, yes, when there's no dialogue for the audience to bounce off of for like five to ten minutes sometimes, yeah. you're just like, man, I can't hit the bathroom soon enough. Like, what is gonna, what is going on right now? Let's get back to the funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, we totally skipped this. This movie, like we said, came out in 1975, mm. directed by Jim Sharman, who's I only, love his toilet paper. His only other movie mm-hmm. was the spiritual successor of this film, Shock Treatment. <laughs> That's never a good which thing. Is, it, it, well, is, was it the official sequel, or is it the unofficial sequel? So there was going to be a planned sequel, and I, I with the rights, they couldn't get the rights. So that is the, yeah, the spiritual sequel without officially being one. Mm. And yeah, the same thing with the director. Uh, goes for the writer as well. The guy who played Riff Raff yeah. is uh, something O'Brien. O'Brien. Colin John O'Brien. O'Brien. That's right. Uh, did the music, did all the lyrics. Uh, for the wrote musician it who wrote everything, he really is bad. A- he a singer? can't sing. Uh, I mean, having just revisited uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, one could say the same thing about Danny Elfman. Yeah. He sure uh, sang that part with a lot of gusto. Wait, Danny El- Oh, that's right. Danny he, did, he sang. He does the singing Chris part. Chris Sarandon was the actual speaking voice of Jack Skellington. Susan Sarandon's brother? Is he? I have no idea. I have no, I have no clue. I don't but think he was a... Prince Humperdinck. In the oh, Princess really? Pride. Yeah, oh, no Chris way. Sarandon, yeah. Shut up. That's that guy? That's that guy. I had no idea who yeah, that was. He's connected to two of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time. Jenna even asked. She was like, who does this, the speaking voice? I was like, I see nobody. <laughs> it's Chris Sarandon. <laughs> it's, like, it's nobody. He, he didn't do anything. The budget on this movie, mm-hmm. $1.4 million. Is this Nightmare for Christmas? No, this is Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. It brought in 10 times that amount. Yeah, it did. $140.2 million. And when was that even cut off? Because by now, like it's a phenomenon, yeah. a worldwide phenomenon. Um, do, 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 do. Although, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> here's another reason why she's such a jewel, uh, doesn't like to talk about it because uh, they don't get any royalties off of the DVD sales. Yeah. Something about the way the rights were set up at the Do time. What? She's going to get royalties off a of stepmom. Uh, yes, yes. but, but not about, <laughs> So she will gladly answer any questions you have about the making of stepmom. However, Rocky Horror Picture Show apparently off limits. She will not limits. talk about. Nope. So other movies that came out in 1975. Oh, yeah. Jaws. Ooh. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Dog Day Afternoon, Barry Lyndon, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Three Days of the Condor, The Stepford Wives, Rollerball, The Pink Panther, The Man Who Would Be King, The Who's Tommy, Mm. and Death Race 2000. All right. Yeah. Not a bad year. No, not a bad year. And in context, like, this is, uh, like, you know, you're talking about the production value. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd say... Pretty good for a one point six million dollar budget. It's yeah. Well, it's the, not I bad. mean, if anything else, the costumes apparently uh, everything looks like it was started. borrowed from somewhere else. It definitely everything feels about this like... movie, the set, the costumes, like even in some of the rigging of like the of cameras, the lights. It seemed like they had to like they had to use whatever was being everything used was very already uh, in the studio. Guerrilla like, filmmaking. Yeah, pull it in and then make sure you put it back at the end of the night. Yeah, the uh, the wardrobe budget apparently was sixteen hundred dollars. For the entire film. Wow. Uh, not a healthy budget. Mm. Uh, but uh, did the best with what they had and uh, really made some iconic uh, imagery yeah. come out of this film. I, I, the only iconic imagery I can think of is... The spandex. It, well, it's... Or the fishnet. It's, uh, yeah, it's Tim Curry in, in the, the yeah. garter or whatever. With the big pearl necklace. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Um, all the characters they encounter, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I ever noticed this before, but I noticed it this time, that all the characters they encounter in Frankenfurter's castle... In Ohio, 
because you know all those castles they have in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all the characters that they encounter, you see at the beginning in the wedding. They're the ones in the background. Yeah, Tim Curry is the priest, and mm-hmm. you see Riffraff and and Magenta. You never notice that, that I in the never. Background? Do- well, I I'd only seen the movie. This is the third time I think I've watched the movie yeah. or fourth. Lucid. Anyway. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see what's going on here. Even I like all the extras are the uh, people that are yeah, dancing. I think the pe- no, no, the you're right. Part. You're right. All the people that they'd see at the party in Frankenfurter's uh, castle yeah. are guests at the wedding. I don't know if that's. Well, meant I like that they to be... skip out on the reception of the wedding or whatever. Just was there a reception? <laughs> I'm curious if there was a reception. I just know that like fucking Brad. Gets this idea that like, hey, I should propose to Janet, and does so at someone else's wedding. Right there, I think. Hey, that's, man, that's kind of a dick move. Got him in the move. Eh, they had already said their vows. They drove off in the uh, the car with the. <laughs> she uh, got his. Yes. Now he's gonna get his. what she, she got, got hers. hers. Now he'll get his. Yes, that's a nice sentiment <laughs> on your uh, getaway. Like, I'm trying vehicle. to imagine if I got married. Like if if my mother was alive when I got oh, married, and that was written on the Sarah side. Sarah would have broken down into tears. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a bride's nightmare to have that in the. Uh, shaving cream on the side of your car. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, the spirit moved. And so he had to sing a song. Damn it, Janet. I love you. The first Did one. you feel like like the song would almost be decent? And I get like it's supposed to be goofy. Yeah. It's supposed to be a goofy thing. But it's almost like they, I feel like they've shot themselves in the foot because the song in itself could be decent if there wasn't the whole Janet. <laughs> with him with the droning in the background. Janet. So like, <laughs> oh, Brad. Wow. <laughs> But that's what makes it funny. It, 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 I guess it does. Yeah. I guess, I guess or unique, it does. at least. It's it's not for me. I, and, I and get gonna, it. I'll probably say that another five times before this podcast is done. When I look back, I, I look at this movie and I'm like, how the fuck has this movie garnered the following that it has <laughs> well, that would merit shadow casting and shit? But yet again, I'm the guy that watches Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. No, and but- like, that needs to be shadow cast. That's a good... And, and the thing is... There are a lot of things that Pick of Destiny and Rocky Horror have in common. Two in common. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of comparisons that we could draw between both of those things. That Tenacious D, that Jack Black and Kyle Gass have the potential to make really good music. Yeah. We've heard yeah. it. But instead, they make good music, but then garner it with, like, or garnish it, rather, with, like, these really crude and and pedestrian lyrics that are, like, just... And, not and the it's best. like, oh, okay, that's their bit. And that's kind of what's what you could say about this movie is like that's the bit of this movie though if they're not doing the whole Janet yeah that that's not there's the nothing spirit that the they film. were going for for the movie yeah and and it's so hard to recognize that and go okay I know that's a deliberate choice and that choice works for you mm. for what you're trying to put together I just don't <laughs> like it. I gotta admit, a lot of the songs do sound the same after a while, and especially near the end. Like apparently, when they did this on stage originally, before it was a film, uh-huh. there was like forty minutes worth of content. Yeah, and then they kind of padded it out and added things to it. And you can start to did see. You know, Time Warp was an added song really? for, for the movie. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it seems like to watch this, you're like, oh well, that's obviously it's like built that around is the crown jewel. That yeah. is the this is the masquerade. That is, that is from the, uh, the opera. W- w- yeah, that or, or from Les Mis. That would be the the confrontation. Yeah, yeah. Or one day more. That's the one day more the of big this. single. And it's like, oh, oh, a time warp. Yeah. You see it on stage. Yeah, there's this song, Time Warp. I wonder how they're going to do that in the movie. <laughs> but then to find out, they're like, oh, they had they made that up to pad time yeah. for the movie. We really thought um, there's a light over at the Frankenstein place was going to be the one that was going to get radio play after all these years. Oh my god, I like that one though. 
Do you? I like a couple of them, yeah. I just, I get so, especially after... I like Hot Patootie by Meatloaf. The the movie itself is kind of... I can tolerate the film <laughs> until... <laughs> I think sometimes I can tolerate it until... I think I can tolerate it until Meatloaf makes his exit. Yes. I'm like... Okay, from it here really on out, it's like... It slows down. Okay. The, the dinner scene, there's some long shots. Again, it's... This this film almost invited uh, people to kind of make fun of it and fill in the gaps. Uh-huh. Like, when I first saw it, again, I saw it with the audience participation. I had no context. I was like, okay, were these things created in tandem? Mm-hmm. Did did they make this film knowing that there was going to be this side script that people were going to... No! Is the answer to that. They just were making the best film they thought they right. could, and the audience filled filled in the, the holes. Well, and I don't think they were making the the film they wanted to make, which I give them a lot of credit. This is obviously, like, this is the film that, that they wanted to make, the story that they wanted to tell, and they didn't have any studio heads, like, putting a finger in their face going, make it like Certainly this. Certainly not. If, if anything, they did have 20th Century Fox backing up off of it. A couple times. <laughs> just like there's that whole all. part in the song and dance where they have the RKO logo. Yeah. And apparently that was supposed to be the 20th Century Fox logo. Uh-oh. But Fox was like, mm-mm-mm. Yeah. We, uh, we don't, we're not sure we want to have our logo. Kind of fit into the theme of uh, the old 30s and 40s films and radio serials, right? I think how, that's what they were going for. How about this, though? All right. When we meet Columbia, there's a couple times where Columbia is wearing Mickey Mouse ears. I did notice that at the and, end. Yeah. And there were a few cuts of this movie where they, like, they kind of tried to trim that out oh yeah it's and then once there. fox was acquired by disney disney has made this official that like oh no columbia's wearing mickey mouse ears. oh interesting we are that is official oh. we are totally I like down that with they've that. embraced it yeah that's a cool a cool thing every non-disney cool thing things that i discovered while i was trying to like investigate further <laughs> make this film this interesting movie. because honestly you were like well there's no shortage of things to talk about and i was yeah. like i was sitting thinking like <laughs> i don't have a whole fucking lot to say uh i just think it's um it's like if I have to hear the time warp one more fucking time. Yeah, and this is from when I was a high school kid mm-hmm. up till now. If I have to hear the fuck, if I to, I'm so fucking sick of the time warp. If I have to hear the time warp one more fucking time, I'm gonna lose the shit. It's not the best, but I tell you what, it has going for it is uh, easy to understand instructions. Yeah. Like any song, like the Macarena, where that fucking tells you it's a jump. When you've to got left. an old man narrating <laughs> yes. with like a little like Just visual aid. Put aids. your hands on your hips. It was made for uh, weddings fu- I hate and the parties. Fucking, I hate the narrator. <laughs> oh, really? The guy with I no hate neck? The narrator. Because, and it, it kind of strikes me like the um, like the the Four Seasons musical, Jersey Boys. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, in a musical, you use the music to tell your story, mm-hmm. to tell your backstory. You use that. But then you also have a narrator. However, in Jersey Boys, all four of them narrate mm-hmm. at one point or another and that breaks up the story so that way it's told from each of their points of view mm-hmm. and it ends with Frankie Valley. like okay that's cool I kind of understand it in this one you have some character that never really interacts with anybody mm-hmm. he, he's, he has no point other than he kind of is the storyteller but he's not because the story begins before we really meet him that's right yeah he's just there to kind of like here, here's a funny thing we can cut away to. It's creating, it's it's padding time. More. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like, if anything, just let this movie tell its own story. It's a musical comedy. Let it tell its story. Whatever that fucking story happens to be. So so it's about these two people, yeah. the, the, this couple, they're engaged. Yes, let's talk about the story of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because <laughs> I have some questions, Joe. They, they, they end up on the side of the road, and we talk about how Brad should have gotten a tire fix. That's right. And he didn't. Mm-mm. And he has a blowout. 
So they go to this castle in Ohio. <laughs> they find a castle in Ohio. Where a bunch of bikers are going. Where uh, Yeah, a bunch of bikers are going. A party. And so they, they, they show up, Riff Raff's there, lets them in, mm-hmm. and explains, ah, you're, you're here, they're in time for the party, why don't mm-hmm. you come on in, can we use your phone? Sure, but, you know, come on in here. And immediately, immediately, we go into Time Warp. Yep, shit's, shit's going down. What the fuck is Time Warp about? Okay. And that's kind of my main problem with a lot of stuff that's going on. There are very few times where the song has anything to do with no. what's actually happening in the story. And usually in musicals, the song is there to kind of explain motivations and progress the plot forward. In fact, there's an entire verse that, uh, I guess it's Columbia sings. No, uh, Magenta sings. Um, what do you get your drugs, Columbia? What's your favorite color? Magenta. Um, no? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's from Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's audience participation stuff. See, oh. that's, what, that's what makes this movie fun. Uh, and, that, and that only. But there's a verse she sings in Time Warp where she starts telling the story of how she met Eddie and a character we haven't even introduced yet it has nothing to do with the bearing of the rest of the song about Time Warp. Mm-hmm. Just, yes. Yeah. We're there for, for no reason. But then there's a Some whole setup. song about Eddie. Yes. Like, <laughs> talking about Eddie. And it's like, what, what the f- He's dead now. There's, there's like two songs about <laughs> he's, Eddie. He's, well, he's Eddie dead. sings his own song. Yeah. And, and then, then uh, and then he, he becomes dinner. Yes, he does. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, so Brad, it's a rather tender Brad subject, and too. Janet show up. They're <laughs> yes. at a party. Frankenfurter's like, yo, I'm a doctor, yep. but it's cool because like, I'm so badass. I got some shit going on upstairs. That's right, just in Why time. Why don't you come on up, but first take off all your clothes. Exactly. Barry Bostwick, who obviously has like five socks dumped into his drawers. Hey, wouldn't you, though, if you knew you were going to be three quarters of the Fuck film yes naked? yes, I would. Are I'd you kidding me? I'd be working out. I'd I'm be... hung like a fucking kindergartner. <laughs> So, so yes, he. So they go upstairs, uh-huh. and there's this whole thing about like the the experiment. They're yeah. going to, to to raise Rocky, mm-hmm. and and like that prop they have of the mummy in in that case. Yes. That's really cool, by the way. I always wondered how they did that too, because I thought there was in water, but there's like well, somehow... he's supposed to be in water, but that prop yeah. itself is just a suspended mannequin. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's not a real prop. I see what you're saying. It's not a real person. Thanks. So they wake up Rocky, uh, who can't talk. Rocky, but he can sing. Oh yeah, and that voice, by the way, not his voice. It's not his voice. It they did a flash. Look they like did a flash Gordon. They absolutely did. Yes, <laughs> that guy does not look like uh, that sound would come out of his mouth. No. So he dances around for about five ten minutes, <gasps> and like Susan Sarandon's like, "Not for me," and uh, and Tim Curry's like, "But he's for me." Yeah, I didn't make him for you, which is so weird because about five minutes later. Frankenfurter disguises himself as Brad. That's right. To fuck Janet. Seduces Janet. And then disguises himself as Janet mm-hmm. to fuck Brad. That's right. And then Janet sees this happening. Uh-huh. And so then goes to find Rocky. Fucks Rocky. And fucks Rocky. Yeah, and then not? everybody sees them fucking. Yep. And then the this oh, oh, that's right. The other professor shows up. Yes, Dr. And is Dr. Like, Dr. Scott. And is like, hey, where's my son Eddie? Yeah, uh oh. <laughs> It's a rather tender subject. And then he gets pulled through a fucking wall with a magnet. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Wait. He gets pulled through a wall with a magnet. Then it's revealed to us that Frank, Riff Raff, Magenta, they're aliens. They're aliens from uh, Transsexual Transylvania. It's another planet, And apparently. then... You left Eddie out, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, that's you right. You left the my, resurrection my and murder my bad. Of, of Eddie. Of Eddie. So then... He shows up for Riff one Raff, song. They're like, we need to go home. Mm-hmm. And then... Like Frank's like, oh well, we've got to go. You want and Riff Raff's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We gotta yeah, go. Home. You ain't going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Kills Frank. Yep. Rocky laments this and like carries Frank into the fountain. 
that they've been dancing around for the past hour and a half. Then Rocky gets killed. <laughs> and then, like, Riff Raff and, and, and Magenta are on their way out. And they're like, look, hey, Brad, Janet, Doctor, uh, Professor Scott, we're getting the fuck out of here, so you need to go. So they leave. And that's the movie. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty that's, much. That's the story. You have just done the synopsis, yes. <laughs> what? What the fuck is going on? I don't know. Like, and they have this. There's this whole thing, and it's all wrapped up in this. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I I don't even know. I don't even know where to go with this. Also, I'm, and I, I I I somehow think the time warp has to come into it. Does it? Do they travel through time? It? Was there a thing? Did they travel through time? Did the, they go forward? Did the they go riff back? Raff and Magenta? Seem Did to they say warp time at the end? That's uh, I'm not sure if like the entire movie is caught in a time warp, and so like the like, we're caught in a time warp because dusted. we're fucking what, forty <laughs> years later. We're still talking about this movie. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's one of the great mysteries of film, Joe. It's like this weird. Okay, it's like a sexually ambiguous Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it doesn't commit like one way or the other. Like, you don't think it the commits? movie just doesn't. It doesn't commit. It commits to being weird as fuck. Yeah, but it doesn't commit to like. What is you it want, trying to say? You're looking for like a theme. I'm looking for a message because yes. I no believe I believe that like we write because we have something to say, not because we yeah. have to, not because we have to say something, but because we get so filled with a purpose, with right. a mission, with like a feeling or like an emotion that we've got to share. We've got a, this message that we have to deliver to other people that we've been chosen to deliver this message. <laughs> Someone was was chosen. This John. Uh, O'Brien, O'Brien guy or whatever yeah. his name is. Conan. He so. was he was chosen by whatever muse exists to deliver this message. What was the message? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui <laughs> when he's on the breakaway. And this that. tapestry here on my skin every is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been. I make everything happen. Look at the mini me Maui just tap it to tap. Tap to tap. That's it. That's that's the I've only lyric I know from that song. <laughs> What can I say except you're yeah. welcome? No, you're right. There's no way to defend it. It's not trying to say anything. And it's, the thing it's is, trying I to don't be weird. need you to defend it. No. I want you to explain it. I have no explanation for you. The The destination is not the uh, the, the quality of it. Hmm. It's the journey, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a couple <laughs> of fun songs. But even the journey's a little... Uh... For, for me, it doesn't hold up. I want to get it. Here's the thing. I don't think there's anything to get. I want to get it. I, because there are a lot of people whose opinions I value. And there's a lot of people oh, yeah. who, who I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people who who will be upset or disappointed in me because I don't enjoy this I think movie. we're used to it by now, Joe. You, <laughs> you're not liking movies that other people have liked. <laughs> have just contrary and dick joke. No, I don't think, uh, like Rocky Horror, it's not, you're right, it's not for everybody, it's not for you. I can't even really say it's for me, uh, but I I can say I have enjoyed the audience participation screenings that I have been Much to. Devin Devin yeah. Pike is messaging us on the on the board here. Oh, yeah, what you got to say? And he's just, uh, he's just he's trying to explain the whole movie. <laughs> he's talking about it. He's like giving little factoids and stuff. It's and not I think help. What, what's funny is like he, he's appreciated. He, I have no doubt he has so much information that he could be. Oh sharing. sure. Oh yeah. And he's like, I can't. I feel like he's he feels like he's beating his head against the wall, like screaming into the void. But here's the thing: you shouldn't be. We shouldn't have to do research to enjoy a film. Like the film should speak for itself. We have now watched it. You and I sounds like we've both seen it several times and have a pretty similar takeaway. 
Oh. Um, it doesn't really make sense. Oh, no, but De- Riff, Devin's got the answer. Riff and Magenta are on a mission to Earth to learn about the culture. Frank goes native, experimenting, experimenting with making his own man. Riff and Magenta are pissed and just want to go home to Transylvania. Brad and Janet are just caught up in the middle. So it's like Apocalypse Now with, y- yes. with sparkles. There you go. <laughs> okay. Apocalypse Now with sparkles. We get it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Should have just said that in the description. <laughs> Uh, no, you know what? But I did ask Jenna. I was like, you know, hey, are you watching this? Because I wasn't sure if she was watching it. And uh, I asked her if she she liked it. She's like, she was she was snoring. She said, <laughs> like, well, her her big takeaway was, well, I'm entertained. Yeah. So she was at least, I guess that's not looking you know away from the screen, and as that's the most that any director can ask, right? Yeah, just uh, an audience's attention. Although it barely does get that. There are there are moments where, uh, yeah, I I will be honest. I've seen this probably a dozen times, so I skipped through. A good portion of this film, um, that some of those slower songs, some of those moments that go on forever. Him finally erecting Rocky. I shouldn't say that. Erecting, <laughs> um, bringing him to life. Yeah, that whole scene goes on forever. It goes. It goes on forever. Here's the thing about this movie that doesn't work for me. I feel like it plods along. I feel like the yes. the music just isn't for me. The songs aren't for me. Of their they time. don't quite work. Sure. I think that the script itself is. It's nonsensical. Well, it's nonsensical. I it's melodrama, and I get that. Yes. I think that it's in that respect. I kind of understand it. I still don't think that it it fits. Uh, but I think also it's just a really ugly movie to look at. <laughs> oh, but it's so colorful, and there's uh... you know what? I, I don't know how you do. You it sounds like you watched it from a streaming Russian site. <laughs> no, 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 like no, 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 no. I, I yeah? watched. I watched an official, a good version of a it, good like version an HD of this movie. Yeah. Of it. It's not bad. It's just it's so flat. There's one moment in this yeah. entire movie that felt like, oh, there's some there's something going on here. What's that? And it's really weird. It's this one moment during the the time warp where Riff Raff and Magenta start dancing their way over to the yeah. to the floor, and there's this really nice yes, move. I remember that. And it's so smooth. And it's the thing is that it's cut really well too, because the moment right before that you see Riff Raff starting to go up mm-hmm. and it immediately cuts and he's up and back down and that's something that a lot of editors will miss editors now like marvel movie editors hmm. will miss shit like that but they got that Trying right to match the action they did that they did that pretty well yeah. so there's this impressive this move that's going moment. on there that's that's all that's all i can think of <laughs> i mean Yes, maybe it's not filmed uh, very cinematically, but the costumes uh, were something that you know, audiences had never seen before. Don't touch and my sorry, sorry about that. I'm getting a little, uh, a little excited. Getting a little turn on. Rocky. <laughs> Brad. I love his, pr- his pronunciation. Yes. The way that Tim Curry spoke. Your hospitality. <laughs> What's funny is I could totally see Angelina Jolie. Ooh. In Tim Curry, which is weird. Your like, recast I feel right like there. someone who was voted most beautiful woman in the world at some point can be a man. Could be a man. Yeah. Could be Tim Curry. Nineteen seventy-five Tim Curry. That's right. Is equal to the most gorgeous woman in the world. <laughs> he is. He's and I'm comfortable at. with that. He's so great, man. He just jumps off the screen. Yeah, You're right. This movie isn't nearly the success that it is without Tim Curry. Yeah. And he's the best thing about it. Uh, just eats that roll up, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. I love the scene where he seduces both Janet and Brad. It's so, and you never see what he looks like, though. No, well, because that would apparent- totally give it away. Right, but I'm All just you saying, have to like, see is the silhouette yeah, of him the, pulling the wig off. Just like the disguise has to be so good <laughs> no. that it fools. First off, that it fools Janet. That's fine, but Brad, 
How does he not know he's fucking someone that because has a dick? He's susceptible to uh, coercion at yeah. that point mm-hmm. he's, and collusion, he's right? Under the, like like the president. No, no coercion. Hey, isn't that the problem? Hashtag no coercion. <laughs> Don't you think it should have been Tim Curry? His mouth singing the opening. That would have been great. That would have been uh, well, maybe because he had jacked British teeth or something. That's <laughs> also very possible. The and teeth it weren't been... that nice anyway. Like no, the... when she like at the uh-huh. end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like mm, hide those things. Mm. Well, it was filmed... Uh, Whitening strips. In the UK in 1975. Yeah. There you go. I don't feel like we've given Eddie enough due uh, because fucking Meatloaf is in this movie. If uh, Tim Curry's my favorite part of the movie, I think Meatloaf's maybe my second favorite part. Meatloaf's great. Because, uh, and maybe Unfortunately, it's... his stunt double like got jacked to shit while making Oh, no, movie. really? Oh, yeah. Like having oh, to do no. stuff with a motorcycle. Broke his leg in like three places. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, there's some dangerous stuff. When they're in that set, which by the way, they get their money's worth out of that set. Like 75% of the film is on that pink set. Oh, for sure. Uh, but when he's riding that motorcycle down the little, um, uh, yeah. Down the staircase. Ramp along the side. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know that's take number 50. Uh-huh. And takes one through 40 of them falling off. You off. know, uh, in, in the original stage show, mm. Meatloaf was cast as both Eddie and I think as the professor. Uh, as, that's as Scott. right. Oh yeah, and he had some issues with the the homosexual undertones in this, oh. and almost almost quit the show if I remember correctly. Almost quit the show. Wasn't a fan Meatloaf? of like do, of performing in like the the fishnets and stuff. Yeah, huh? Yeah, and then eventually saw like how funny it was and how people enjoyed it, uh, and ended up like going, "All right, you know what? I get it." And, yeah, and became a huge fan because that's what I had heard that he regretted not playing that other role that he really wanted to, but I didn't yeah. know that uh, he didn't feel that way at the time. Yes, sir. Oh, see? Even Progressive Meatloaf, 1975's Meatloaf. That's my favorite kind. Progressive Meatloaf. Progressive Meatloaf. <laughs> you thought they just did soup. They also do Meatloaf. That's right. Bro, what what is your favorite Meatloaf performance? Performance? Yeah, in, oh, in anything. I would do Fight anything Club? for love. The, oh, you're talking about a, <laughs> in, a, in a music video? But you won't do that. But I won't do that. <laughs> Uh oh well, yeah of course Fight, Fight Club. Club yeah it gotta be yeah Dark Side's coming up nothing is real I didn't realize until this last viewing that um is it your last viewing well no this most recent viewing because it's um, mine it may be this may be the last viewing. time I watch Rocky Horror you know show. at least unless at least you go to a live video, show I am yes. open to going to see it live this sometime this film is not made for private viewing or even small group viewings and I I, I think what's funny about the history of it is. You know, usually in cult classics like this, it's like a movie is released. Maybe the marketing didn't kind of convey what type of film it was. Yeah. Didn't get, critics didn't like it because they didn't understand it. John but Carter. there was a small group of audiences who exactly there you go, small group of audiences who saw it. It spoke to them. They were like, oh, this is this is actually really good. And then in, maybe a year or two later, people come around. Oh, you know what? There was some quality in that film that we didn't we looked over because it was just some silly guy in a transvestite mm-hmm. outfit. And then it, it gains cult status. This film. Never really kind of reached that second stage. It went right from A to C. Yeah. Where it was like, this movie did not do well with critics or audiences. Bombed. So they started doing it at midnight showings. Figured, hey, these people watch anything. Mm -hmm. And people immediately were... Well, it underperformed in theaters, and so people yes. started stealing prints of it. That's what it was, and started showing it in like out uh, art houses and like in yes. dorms and stuff. But like kind of like making fun of it already, yeah. kind of uh, poking fun at it, and having that's where this audience participation stuff comes from. Uh-huh. Um, so, I think that's very telling. I think it's. I think even its biggest fans, I don't think will uh, say that this is some kind of high arts. No, that's that's what Walt said. It's a silly film. It's got a couple of good ditties. 
It was very avant-garde at the time. I said, I want to your balloons. I want to burn all of your cities to the ground. I found I will not mess around unless I play. Then, hey, I will go on all day. Hear what I say. I've got to pray to pray. That's really all this was. Till I'm feeling stuck and I need a buck and I don't rely on luck because the hook brings you back. I ain't telling you no lies. <laughs> I forgot I could do that. It's beautiful. Ooh, Ghostbusters. There's a film I gotta watch. Too hard to handle. Before. <laughs> Too cold to hold. They call the Ghostbusters because the What are you controls. doing for Halloween, Joe? Mm. Are you going? Are you taking the kids trick-or-treating? I'm a, I think they might still be too young. Too young for the James. trick-or-treating? James is a little young. Oh. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, so this Thursday, sweet. we're going to... Uh, by the way, I had a uh, text conversation with Ashton Kutcher. Wait, what? Yes. Well, recently? Yeah. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. The Ashton Kutcher? Ashton Kutcher. Why? Did so you I was, dial him? I was, watching a, uh, I was watching this uh, this episode of Hot Ones, the, the show I was talking about. I where remember that. People eat wings and they get interviewed. They interview people. Ashton Kutcher was one. Uh-huh. Uh, and at the end, they're like, do you have anything to plug? He's like, no, not really. I mean, if you want, text me. My number's this. Really? You just like, gave out his so number. So I text. And it, it, it's a bot. At first, no, no, no. At first, it gets you like, it's like, hey, this first message is from a bot. Everything after that will actually be me. Huh. If I have time, I like to text back and forth. And and so, like, I put the info in. I was like, yeah, go ahead. You know, text whatever. Here's a here's a question. And he's like, okay, cool, dude. Like, he ended, they ended, like, this auto message with dude. And I put, sweet. <laughs> and then it responded with, dude. Dude, nice. So it was, like, a couple days later. Uh-huh. And and I what I had said in it was like, hey, just watch this this your episode of Hot Ones. <laughs> Thought you did a fantastic job. It oh. was really it was really interesting hearing what you had to say. <laughs> Loved you in butterfly we, effect. We actually did we did an episode of our podcast about jobs. Ah. About the, your Steve oh, Jobs. Sure. Don't tell him to listen. To I, that. I didn't tell him to listen. I didn't even give the title of the of the podcast. Great. But I told him we did an episode of of your of your movie. We have jobs, a one star review. And it's really interesting now in this interview that you kind of give some background about what you did to prepare for the role. Huh. Really good job. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Good job. And he like, he responded back with like, I really appreciate you watching. We had a great time filming that. That's and, a bot. You know, are you, are you into, like it was asking me questions though. Like it's what, AI, what else are you into? It, maybe it's AI. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe it's AI. That's cool. He was asking you questions too? Asking me questions about like, so, so what do you, are you interested in film? And I'm like, well, I went to NYU and studied film for about six weeks, and I lost a scholarship. And like his response back was like, "Ooh, that's rough." So I'm like, "Okay, right, this has to be somebody. It's a person. Maybe it's not him." But that was that's kind of a cool little experience. I believe in Ashton Kutcher. I, I think believe he's pretty in authentic. Crystal Light. Yeah, because <laughs> I believe in me. I believe in Ashton Kutcher. What the uh, fuck does that even mean? I mean, like he's I believe in he's Ashton authentic. Kutcher. You know, with celebrities nowadays, it's all about uh, being authentic. They don't want to be caught. Yeah. Do pulling a Kardashian. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so, I'm sorry. What, what were we saying before we got into this? I don't even remember anymore. Oh, oh we were talking about how uh, even even the audiences at the time realized that, mm-hmm. um, not high art, but it's a good time can be had out of it. Yeah. And uh, there was nothing like it at the time, and dare I say, since. Uh, unless you count I, I Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I don't, I don't agree. No, I, I think there's there's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Mm. But I also think that there's a movie called Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. <laughs> all right, all right. And I, I think, again, I think there's a lot that's going on that kind of, it it parallels what's happening, not story-wise, no. but production-wise of yeah. what's going on with these. I don't like, remember. Pick of Destiny did not perform well in the box office. True. Just like just like this. True. Rocky Horror did not perform well in the box office. It's all this like after video life that really energized what yeah. it, what it made. So Tenacious D didn't make a whole lot. The movie was I mean they they have a whole album 
called Rise of the Phoenix. That's basically the premise of it is that their movie bombed so hard that they had to become <laughs> had to like music back. artists again. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and so it, it's funny though because I really love it. I know a lot of people that really love it. And the music, like a lot of times the music doesn't make sense or it's so on the nose it's ridiculous of what's happening. But it is also something that probably would work very well on stage. Mm. Just because the way that it feels like a bunch of vignettes, uh, the way that it seems like yeah. it's very easily staged. That's true. Uh, and, and the music. I think that the music for Rocky Horror obviously worked in that time. Whereas I think Pick of Destiny, the songs kind of work. Dude, the, the thing time. that's missing are all the the sexual themes, the kind of uh, like cock push ups, counterculture. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that's true. Like right. cock Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, even that's like very heterosexual. Like yeah. there's no kind of freak flag to fly in that. I guess. In that yeah. No, you're right. And, and I think that's what uh, that, that's the audience that it spoke to. People who were going midnight uh, showings that hadn't found their people, hadn't found their audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, Rocky Horror Picture Show fans are definitely, uh, uh, they're their own thing. <laughs> I like that you were just like, I've stalled out. <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show fans are <laughs> fans. to be politically correct. They're fans of the show. Uh, all right. So, He's the man for his time and place. <laughs> I done lost my train of thought. Los Angeles. Uh, all right. So would you recommend this movie? I mean, yes. You know what? I If you've never seen this before, now with the caveat don't do what you did. Don't watch it at home alone. Don't watch it even I was with watching, a small... I watched it at work. Uh, he's even, a friend from work. He's a friend from work. Even that's worse. Uh, don't watch it with a small group and expect to be entertained unless you're going to sit there and do all the fun shit that makes it entertaining. Yeah. But go to a shadow cast. Go to one of the midnight screenings where you know people are going to be there doing the audience participation. Because mm-hmm. it's funny. and It's a fun time. And that's how I kind of fell in love with it initially. I went through a, 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 a heavy Rocky Horror phase. Like back in the early two thousands, when do I for Halloween this year, yeah, who do I do? You I'd be should, Brad. You'd be Rocky. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the body for you that. Be Rocky too. I don't even have the body for Brad. What are you talking about? I think I have the body for that one fat uh, <laughs> house contestant or uh, the <laughs> participants, the one woman right. who's wearing like the tux. Oh the yeah, over, uh, mm. size. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's, you could be magenta. That's what I look like. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'm Eddie. I could be Eddie. You could be Eddie. There you go. That'd be fun. All right, so I I can't. I, I, I can't. Not in good conscience. I can't, can't recommend, recommend it. it. Because it doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. I can, as the day is long, I can go, all right, this probably works for you, and I know plenty of people that it does. It doesn't work for me, and because of that, I cannot recommend this Fair movie. enough. Uh, what do you think it did right? I think I, I think we pinpointed that earlier on. It's Tim Curry, man. Tim Curry is absolutely what this movie's doing right. Yeah. Uh, even, I like Susan Sarandon. I like she's, Barry Boswick. She's great in this. The and scene, I think that they're fine. No, I I think they really captured what what the the tone of this film was going to be. Mm. Oh, there's a, she's you call I, it honest, the melodrama. She is definitely. But I think anybody you that. could plug just about anybody in those roles, and uh, I think they'd have been fine. Well, yes, there are three or four people from your Werewolf of London at the Pocket Sandwich Theater who could have done that same Way role. To bring it home back. Yeah, that's, that's, All right, that's, how we do. that's my boy. So if you want to see the next Susan Sarandon, go to Pocket <laughs> go to Sandwich, Sandwich Theater. Com. Uh, so, but I do feel like, just like with Clue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like you you can have anybody play any of those other roles, but if Tim Curry isn't playing the butler, the butler if Tim Curry isn't playing Frankenfurter, yeah. your project is dead on arrival. That is true. Uh, what did this movie do wrong? There are a handful of catchy songs, two or three, but for the most part, the music... Uh, I think is is 
it's hard to say in a musical that the music is what it did wrong, but there are too many songs here, mm-hmm. uh, and over fifty percent of them aren't aren't great. Yeah, uh, and like, you never know where one stops and one starts. Yeah, they're kind of meandering, and they all kind of weave together, but not in that good Les Misérables sort of way, <laughs> in that bad kind of. Didn't we just hear this song sort of way? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the I, music. I feel like the uh, what this movie did wrong was <sighs> shit. Oh, oh no. there's no, now there's, you're having trouble coming no, up with something. I'm having a hard time narrowing it down. <laughs> uh, oh, what about some of the acting? No, if, if Tim you know Curry what? was it's, great. It's not. It's not so much that you know. My problem with this movie is that that it focuses so much, and even our discussion has confirmed this for me that it's a movie that focused so much on what its style was mm-hmm. that it didn't really spend a whole lot of time figuring out what the substance there's was. No theme, and even like the goofiest, funniest movie, like. Like, look at Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm-hmm. When you look at it on paper, you look at it, like, it is a pretty basic story. It's boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl, boy learns something about boy in the process. Yes. You know, that's not a hard thing to pull off, and it's not an entirely, like, new theme. It's it's as old as time. But the way that they do it, like, they make it real stylish. But not oh, yeah. only is it stylish, the substance to it is so concrete yeah. and and palpable like you can you feel like you can reach out and touch these characters and you can sympathize with them even though they live in this fantastical video game world yeah. eventually and i think part of that is because they build it as reality until everything becomes this weird fantasy mm-hmm. but it's yeah the style supports the themes. yeah exactly it's it's constructed so well that it supports itself mm-hmm. the style ends up you know supporting the structure and the structure Enhances the style. This has no structure. This has no structure. This has no substance. Also, I don't even know... I give you no point, and may (laughs) God have mercy upon your soul. (laughs) Uh, Like, are we supposed to feel... Because I kind of feel bad for Frankenfurter at the end. Yeah. Like, he's kind of been this pseudo-villain, good guy, not sure, bad guy. We killed killed the gay character, right? Uh, Who's the gay character? Frankenfurter? Isn't Frankenfurter oh. the gay character? Oh, okay. Well, uh, the gay character. Well, I feel like everybody in here is pretty. Uh, I don't know. Sexually pliable, but, like, but no, because he has his whole number about how he is a sweet transvestite right, from transsexual. You know, Brad's no saint either, right? But this is <laughs> he is like in this movie. Yes. If we were going by like you know today's standards, sure. Frankenfurter is loud and proud. Yeah, but he's and also he, the villain. Like he's he, kind of the villain. Yeah, yeah he's a but mad he's scientist. Only, but he's he's only he's trying to like. He lives in a world now, like it, it, taking taking Devin's description into in a in a into the case here, uh, in a consideration. He is living in this world where he just needs something and someone to connect with. Like that's how I'm reading this. That okay. Frank, he has no one to connect with. This is the point where he is forced to create someone to connect with. Fair enough. And he even loses that person. Yeah, but he was dating uh, Columbia or Magenta. Bro, I always forget which one. Before. But what I'm saying is, like, he doesn't—he doesn't know. Like, he—he's finally coming to terms with himself. Okay, and he—I see it. He—it seems like his character's punished for it. You know what I'm saying? Eh. And like, if, if you were to look at the the metaphor, it's like he's gay. And he's come to terms with that, the fact that he's gay, but he feels like he has no one to connect with. And when he tries to establish that connection, he's punished for it. Where does him murdering Eddie come in, though? And then serving him up well, to his guests? Well, Eddie's just a jackass. <laughs> Eddie had it coming. That's huh? a, Fair <laughs> enough. There you go. You know, it took me... I didn't realize until this time watching it. This is what I was going to say earlier. That uh, I always wondered what happened to Eddie. 
like why why he's got the scar across his head mm-hmm. and there's a throwaway line there at the end where you realize well he took half of his brain yeah gave it to, to, uh, to rocky to, to rocky that's how he uh, he made him that's why he's only got half a brain that's so weird though because like yeah rocky had rocky was he ca- he came to life before eddie barged in the door no right no, right? no. no i thought eddie barged in the door after the whole rocky thing oh you might be right yeah so did he like then put oh, Rocky back right. under and put the brain in. Yeah, we don't really see I don't know. that. Well, no, because when we see Eddie, if he's already got we knew the scar. Somebody that could explain <laughs> it. <laughs> Again, plot doesn't matter here. Okay, so if we were going to mm. remake, let's do it. The Rocky Horror Picture Show today, Joel. Yeah. How would we do that? I sir? have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine that I have recast here. Two, three, four, five. I have ten. Oh, you yeah. may. Oh, you probably did the. Uh, the, uh, the narrator, the narrator. chronologist. Shit, I didn't do him. Yeah. Okay, I'll come up with somebody real quick. It's cool because I have a theme. Oh, oh, actually, I do have somebody because I have a, also ran for Dr. All right. Scott. I have a theme for mine. Ooh. Look, and look. I've mentioned it a few times while talking about this movie. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim? No, it's, <laughs> it's Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Of course. Let's hear it. So I'm going to start with the criminologist, mm-hmm. Meatloaf, who was in Pick of Destiny. <laughs> That's perfect, uh-huh. yes. So then oh, I love it. The, whoever, who's playing Eddie, the ex-delivery boy, Eddie, mm-hmm. Jack Black. Oh, he's going to be Eddie. He'd yep. be playing Eddie. Nice. I like Rocky it. would be played by John C. Riley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to get a Wait, little... Wait, he's the epitome of man? Yes. He's, John C. Riley. He plays Sasquatch, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, Doctor... Everyone knows Sasquatch is sexy. Dr. Everett V. Scott, mm-hmm. <laughs> Eddie's father, mm-hmm. pa- played by Kyle Gass. Who played... I like it. So they would be family. Uh, All right. So I went with two that weren't in Pick of Destiny. Okay. Or, or one. That Already wasn't, your theme is falling that apart. That was, wasn't in Pick of Destiny, but I needed another female actor. Gotcha. All right. So first, Columbia would be played by Amy Adams. She was in Pick of Destiny. Ooh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Uh, Magenta. Oh, this is the one that wasn't in mm. Pick of Destiny. Magenta would be played by Casey Wilson. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the movie Gone Girl. Yes, I am. The Pregnant Neighbor. Oh, she's, her. She's also in the the show Happy she's Endings. She's great. She's fantastic. She's Casey so funny. Casey Wilson. Yes. Um, Riff Raff would be played by Tim Robbins. <laughs> the, the Tim Robbins Susan Sarandon connection that's perfect uh-huh. uh huh uh, Brad Majors uh-huh. would be played by Ben Stiller uh, okay Janet, oh that's great Janet Weiss played by Amy Poehler ooh mm-hmm. good pairing Frankenfurter mm-hmm. played by Dave Grohl yes of course Grohl. I was wondering how you're gonna work it's, him in he has to sing he man. can fucking sing yeah oh dude he'd be a great transvestite all this stuff uh, directed by Tenacious D's Liam Lynch yeah man yeah. oh that's a good idea mm-hmm. a little rock uh, twist on it rock opera yeah. alright I do I have no theme okay I just have awesome recast well right. I'll get uh, Eddie out of the way because I also recast Jack Black because uh, he's did perfect did you really man. yeah oh that's great I mean, he's perfect well I mean you think of like a young meatloaf in this generation, it's exactly who it was. Jack, he's he's got the energy. He's jumping around. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, my doctor. Actually, we'll do the uh, the narrator. How about the narrator? Will you love me forever? I'm gonna do Kelsey Grammer for the narrator. Oh, that's good. It was a night out <laughs> that they would never forget. <laughs> doctor Scott. It's just a step to the left. <laughs> I, I got the words wrong right off the bat. It's just a jump to the left. It's just a jump to the left. And then I step to the right. And I step to the right. Doctor Scott's. Wheelchair bound, Doctor Scott. How about Werner Herzog? In that oh my God! Singing that song. Oh my God! Made you cry. Und I did. <laughs> Rocky. Uh, this came from Jenna. How about Channing Tatum? Love Rocky. it. Rocky. 
Yeah, I almost went Channing Tatum. And I and I almost went uh for Brad, I, I almost went with John Hamm. Ooh, that's great. Oh, that would have been fantastic. I wanted to hit it before you did, just in case you, you cast I it. didn't, uh, but uh, maybe a familiar name in uh, my Brad slot. <laughs> uh, okay, Rocky, uh, Channing Tim, Columbia. I'm going to go with Sofia Vergara. That's good. From Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Magenta. How about Anna, Anna Kendrick? Like in it. that role. Yeah. She can sing. Yeah, she can. She kind of has a little mousy feel to her. Mm-hmm. Riff Raff. How about Stellan Skarsgård, Pennywise? Oh, that's good. That's a riff I had a hard time with him Me until too. I came down with my theme. He was the one I, I had was last. Like, Who the fuck am I to cast as him? I almost did Alan Cumming. That's not bad. Yeah. Here's the thing about, and I guess I, I want to go back for just a second. Like, I did think the makeup was pretty good in this. Yes. Like, especially him. Holds like, up in r- HD, The riffraff man. makeup. Like, he totally has that Ace Comics, the horror comics kind of look to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, all right. I kind of because I dig like the old tales from the crypt. Ooh, like, that's he looks like he came right off of one of those pages. Can I tell you that's what we're watching next? Tales uh, from the crypt, which one? Demon Knight, the better one. Demon Knight is fantastic. That is the better one, man. Billy Zane gives two hundred fucking percent. Yes, in that he movie. does. Well, we already did. Uh, and William Sadler, Bordello of Blood. You remember that? Oh, one? That one's garbage. Listen to our Bordello of Blood episode. Uh, episode number 10. Can you believe that? Tales yeah, I can. Crypt, episode number 10. It's a long time ago. You'll have to be a Patreon subscriber to, first uh, Halloween. to do that. All right, finally, here we go. Our top three. Janet. Damn it. Kristen Bell. It's Christian, Janet. Kristen Bell. She can sing. And who's her Brad? None Jack other than... Jack Shepard. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <gasps> oh, Wouldn't that be fun? Like, yeah. See the two of them together? Oh, dude. Well, see, now you want me to see... Like, You got me wishing it was a 500 Days of Summer Reunion. Oh, and do and, a like, little... Uh, Zoe Chanel. I thought about that. that. That could have worked. What I want... You got <laughs> my heart and <laughs> life is like a mystery here <laughs> in Duckburg. There's cars, there's airplanes. It's a duck blur. You make my dreams come true. <laughs> there's our mashup, man. Somebody needs a mashup, Ducktales, and you make my dreams come true. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, uh, and finally, my Frankenfutter could have gone uh, Neil Patrick Harris. That yeah, was you could have. First one, he could have been. Ooh, a good I, Brad. I didn't even think about him. He'd have been good for Brad too. Oh, that's good, dude. But uh, Jenna came up with this one. I was like, that's fucking it. Of course, Johnny Depp would be my Frankenfurter. Yeah, he's already kind of ha- uh-huh. he's very androgynous already. Yeah. Yes, he would. And I'm just a sweet transvestite. Sweet transvestite from transsexual. <laughs> Trans- why, would, why has he got to be Jack Sparrow? Because he's always I'm just Jack a Sparrow. Sweet pirate, mate. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I see you shiver with anticipation. Why is the rum always gone? That's true. Just I mean, 20th Century Fox. Hashtag, or hashtag, slash Disney <laughs> owns this property. Oh, they do now, so don't they? they remake it, they would totally put Johnny That'd Depp in it. That'd be awesome. Why not? Uh, it would be, they bring back the Hollywood Pictures label. Yeah. Where they put all their R-rated you know, movies. I did like that, uh, much in the same way that uh, Scott Pilgrim kind of had an 8-bit version of the uh, Universal theme at the beginning. Uh-huh. I like that they had their kind yeah, of orchestra. Yeah, they commissioned their own thing. Did the, uh, Just like Star Wars. Wait, was it? No, Star Wars. Star Wars was 20th Century Fox. Yeah, but they didn't just use that fanfare at the beginning of Star Wars films. Star Wars, though, was the weren't they the only ones that had the brum bum, brum bum? Really, I thought they used brum bum. I thought they used that in other films. Really? Well, that may have been its own recording that huh. John Williams did. I think you're right. I just I've seen a lot of other 20th Century Fox movies where it's just like they don't have the drums. You might be right. Goes into it. You may be right. Or I'm wrong. You may be wrong. Or I'm wrong. Or I'm right. 
Uh, all right, so... There uh, we are. See, that wasn't so it. bad, no, was it, Joe? It was, it was fine. Mm. If you have any thoughts about how you would recast the Rocky Horror Picture Show, thoughts about the movie in general, if you're like Devin and been like screaming yeah. into the void... We'll have to read uh, them later, buddy. Bro, I've been trying to keep track of what you're saying. Usually we have Tess on with us, and he's the one that's supposed to let us know what's going on. There you go. Eddie but, uh, was trapped in the freezer after Frank took half his brain. On the dark side. Oh, yeah, Thanks, yeah. Devin. Uh, yeah, let us know on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash editingbay, or in the search bar, put in the editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, click on that, and uh, that's where you can talk back to us, let us know what you liked about the movie, or what you didn't like, if there's something that you agreed about. Uh, What's if you have, to like? If you have movies that you'd like for us to consider watching in the future, put your suggestions there. Joel, we've also got a website, we right? We sure a do. website. It's a sites on the we've interweb. We've got a MySpace page. <laughs> go, go to my GeoCities site. Lycos. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of InfoSeek? Tom Lycos. <laughs> 1-800-5800-TOM. <laughs> I am your professor. So when Riff Raff... How to get tail without spending any money. When Riff Raff and Magenta come back at the end, is that them? Or are they other... Aliens, aliens who just look like because they're like we're back he's not treating them the same all of a sudden they're in command now it's different it is different it's different aliens it, that's what I thought and so I think that, that's what we're led. I think they were playing. supposed to be the aliens at the beginning too I think they were different aliens that were like huh oh sure when they did the American Gothic they look like the American Gothic characters. oh you don't think it was the same ones I don't know dude oh, okay. I don't give a fuck all right. to be quite honest they're like the Greek chorus they're just kind of there damn it yeah Janet's. <laughs> uh, I hate you. Oh, man. Okay, so... Uh, oh, uh, editingbay.com. <laughs> yes. Not the editing bay. Not edit bay. Editingbay.com. Please go there and bookmark it. You'll find uh, all links and anything you need to know about our little podcast here. All there on editingbay.com. We have links to our uh, uh, social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, as well as our Twitter handle, mm-hmm. which is at the editing bay. Please follow us there. You'll always be the first to know what movies we're talking about. Uh, and if you are such a big fan of the show and love all of our past episodes, you want to hear all of them, you want to support us, you can do that now uh, as a Patreon, uh, what do they call them? A, a patron. Yeah. <laughs> a, pa- a, a subscriber. Patron. It's in the word. Go to Patreon. Do, now, do we have like the the old stuff, like the, the Afternoon Delights with Jeff? You know, I'm working on getting those up there, and I, I think that's going to be part of it, the, mm-hmm. the, because you, you're they're starting to get out of the RSS feed if you're just a regular subscriber. Yeah. But I'm going to make sure, because I'm still working on getting all those episodes up on Patreon. Well, speaking of Devin, we have that... Oh. That long podcast where we had like four or five of us That's talking right. about the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, the old angry folks or whatever yeah. it's called. Doing <laughs> the, old, the Angry Birds. And I think there's, whatever a, uh, there's a Tremors episode, guys, I want to say, where you oh, guys yeah. did that as we well. Did a, we did a, you and a, Jeff. A, uh, audio commentary of, for right. Tremors for X-Men. So we'll have those uh, special episodes. That, where uh, I read erotic fan fiction. That's right. This is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> we should bring that back, actually, in 2020. Dude, you would hate that. Uh, EditingBay.com. Mm. Okay, cool. And Patreon.com. Sounds good. Slash editing. Uh, if you would please leave us a rating and yeah. review on your podcasting app, that would be fantastic. Five-star rating would be killer. Uh, and then leave, leave a review. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> Goose and goals and scary. Uh, no, it would be great. And uh, and leave us a little review. Let us know what you like about the show. Even if you have criticisms, just make it a five-star criticism. That would be fantastic. And you know what? If, you, if you're thinking about leaving anything less than five stars, don't. Just start listening to someone else because... If you leave less than five stars, you're kind of a dick. You're banned. You're kind of a dick. Banned. banned. Yeah. So don't do not do it. Don't do it. Devin says that uh, it's the same riffraff in uh, Columbia. They're just pissed off. They just came control. back and they're taking control of the mission. I guess so. All right. Well, 
That's great. Wish the movie would have explained it nearly as well as you did. An hour and a half longer than I've ever dedicated (laughs) to a a fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show discussion before in my life. Um, All right, so what are we going to do next week? Well, this is my pick. Halloween is now over, so we're back to regular season, and uh, somebody's got a birthday coming up. (laughs) I got a birthday coming up. That's right. Yeah, all right, so... Your pick. uh, I have rediscovered... Uh, I rediscovered a movie recently, and I was so fucking thrilled. Uh, it's from 1985. Ooh. It stars Fred Ward. Uh, oh, oh! it's also got um, uh, the diabetes guy. Wilford Brimley is in it. Is it Cocoon? No. No. <laughs> That'd be a good one to watch I, on your birthday. It's, it's based on a book series called The Destroyer. Okay. Yeah. It's called Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Oh, God, no. From 1985. Chill. Remo fucking Williams. What? What's wrong? Is this the one that you gave me? Uh-huh. The video? Yeah. Oh, no. It's Remo Williams. All right. Wait, no, it's not Rem Lazar. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not Rem Lazar. <laughs> Who's Remo Williams? Remo Williams. It's got Fred Ward. Uh, Joel Gray is playing Chun. So we've got a little bit of uh, whitewashing on the Asian character. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at the IMDb page now. Look at this, hanging off the uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. An officially dead cop is trained to become an extraordinary, unique assassin in service of the U.S. president. There you go. Wow, that says it all right there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like American Ninja with a budget. It looks like it. <laughs> Remember when I said Wait. I won't pick any more ninja movies for the rest of the year? <laughs> we almost made it. It's my birthday. All right. I fair can, enough. I can pick this movie. So yeah, next week we're going to be talking about to. 1985's Remo Williams. Guys, this is nowhere to be found. Oh, great. You have better Thanks. find a copy of this movie somewhere. You always know it's going to be quality it's when you can't good, find it anywhere. It. You know what? Our first one that was like that was Elves. Oh, yes. With Dan Haggerty. With Dan Haggerty. Rest uh, in soul. Which was what? That was episode number three? I think you're right. Mm. I'll look it up. That one was a good one. That one was funny. Elves, episode 19. 19. Right after the Star Wars holiday special there you go. episode. So, uh, again, patreon.com slash editing. All right, guys. So, next week, Rima Williams, The Adventure Begins. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Joel, always a pleasure. Uh, pleasure's all mine. Guys, we'll catch you next week for Rima Williams. See you later. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.